You're listening to AIB Market Talk with our latest financial market update. Hello and welcome to our special market talk podcast with AIB Private Banking. I'm John Herfton from our AIB Customer Treasury team. And today I'm joined by Connor Egan, Senior Investment Manager with AIB Private Banking and John Fahey, AIB Senior Economist. John and Connor, thanks for joining me. John, if I can turn my attention to you first. The world has moved on considerably since our last quarterly podcast. Can you take us through how things have landed over year end and what the global growth prospects are for 2022? Yeah, so when we look at what's happened uh, over the last 12 months, obviously we see a global economy that performed uh, much better than expected last year. Uh, And that was on the back of a relatively uh, successful vaccine rollout of various programs across various economies. And combined with the fact that, you know, when you look at what economies were able to do as the pandemic progressed, uh, economies and sectors became better able able to cope with restrictions, despite the high COVID uh, numbers. Also, you had additional fiscal supports introduced uh, last year by various governments uh, that supported activity. So, you know, overall, we don't have the final figure for 2021. But if you look at the OECD and the IMF, they're expecting growth somewhere in the region of uh, five to six percent. Uh, for the key global economies. And if you look more specifically, you know, the US economy probably grew somewhere in the region of five and a half to six percent last year. Uh, the Eurozone economy projected somewhere around five percent uh, and the UK somewhere in the region of six to seven percent. So so very strong recovery last year, although we did see uh, some loss of momentum in, in the second half of the year. Uh, and there was always likely to be some slowing because of the fact that you had such a sharp release of pent-up demand and rebound in activity uh, in the first half of last year uh, as the vaccine rollout picked up pace and and restrictions got eased back. Then at the same time in the second half of the year, uh, you did have, uh, you know, new variants uh, in terms of Delta and Omicron. Uh, So that did see the reimposition of some restrictions. And on the back of that too, you also had the supply bottlenecks, shortage of raw materials and shortage of labour and higher inflation uh, eroding some spending power. So, you know, as we ended the year, there was some loss of momentum. Uh, but as we look ahead, you know, in terms of what's key underpinnings for the economy, uh, they remain in place for 2022. And Connor, just turning to yourself, how did everything fare towards the end of last year for um, the investment markets? And did that theme of positive positivity that we'd seen all year continue? Yeah, so I suppose happy to be able to say, uh, John, that investment markets had a quite a... A pretty good finish to 2021. Um, equity markets were, were particularly strong, um, so kind of continuing the sort of trend of 2021. Uh, so they like they outperformed the other asset classes like bonds and hedge funds and, and commodities. Um, again, the, the same theme of U.S. markets outperforming uh, occurred. So you had U.S. markets up about 11 percent in quarter four. Uh, European indices up about five and a half percent. And emerging markets were a bit disappointing. Um, they were down around about one percent. Um, I suppose for the full year, overall, it was very, very strong. So that, that kind of same theme of Q4 continued, what was basically reflected at the theme of 2021. So you had US markets up by 27% um, last year. So obviously a very strong performance. Uh, European markets up by 20%. Uh, and again, EM lagged, uh, falling about 1% uh, for the year. Um, in terms of, say, quarter four and, and, and kind of what helped um, markets and maybe in particular the US. Um, so you had basically very strong corporate earnings. So I suppose piggybacking on what John said about good economic growth generally uh, last year, you had very strong corporate earnings um, up about 40% quarter on quarter in Q3 uh, that came out over over Q4 in the US. And you also had the kind of good, strong uh, fiscal stimulus programs. So you had Biden obviously doing his 
infrastructure uh, investment and jobs package that, that kind of got passed over Q4. So obviously that that should help in, in terms of money going into the economy. And uh, so ultimately, you know, helping corporate profitability. So again, that, 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 that certainly helped U.S. markets as well. In terms of other asset classes, bonds um, kind of lagged a bit, about, about a half percent lower. Again, reflecting the sort of different interest rate environments, which we'll, we'll probably come to. That kind of just caused yields to kind of harden a bit, which, which had um, a kind of a negative effect on, on, on indices. Hedge funds, to kind of finish off, basically were slightly up in the quarter, about 0.3%, up about 3% overall for the year as a whole last year. And then kind of finally, commodities obviously had a stellar run last year so oil obviously performed very very strongly so a bit of profit taking last year so overall commodities down about one and a half percent in q4 and and the kind of the big factor there was was gas prices which kind of came off after having a very strong run over q3 but overall actually commodities had a very good year up by 27 percent uh, in 2021 so so overall a kind of a good good finish to the year uh, last year and john if i shift back to yourself looking ahead to 2022 what are you seeing on a global level, given all the moving parts that we've seen happen over the course of the start of the year? I mentioned there at the outset in terms of, you know, we did see some lost momentum as we ended in the second half of 2021. And some of those issues there that were acting as a headwind to growth would persist at least for some part of this year. So that's around, you know, the supply bottlenecks, shortage of raw materials and labor and also higher inflation uh, eroding spending power. So what the uh, general consensus is, is that you will see continued strong growth this year uh, from a global economy perspective and also from the key advanced economies and some of the key emerging market economies, albeit at a slower growth rate than what was recorded last year. So to put some numbers around it, you know, where global growth last year was probably closer to 6%, uh, this year it's uh, forecast somewhere in the region of 45 percent four to five percent so slightly lower uh, and similar then in advanced economies you know growth somewhere in the region of uh, of four percent across some of those key economies including the us the eurozone uh, and the uk so continued growth but albeit at a slower pace and you know the big risk or the big uncertainty this year is obviously around uh, an inflation i know we're talking that in a bit more detail uh, shortly uh, but that's where the key uncertainty lies on that but you know in terms of the backdrop for markets uh, it's one where uh, advanced economies and emerging market economies uh, continue to grow albeit at a slower pace compared to last year but we're seeing now in the last couple of weeks especially in the uk uh, you know continued progress and announcement of easing of restrictions so the hope is is that you know whilst uh, covid will remain in terms of the impact it has on the wider economy and on restrictions is uh, lessened as we move through this year and we get back to uh, a more normal operating environment from from an economy perspective and john i suppose the big elephant in the room we might as well address is inflation and the inflation story we're seeing different responses from central banks to what they see or perceive to be permanent kind of system changes or not and we're seeing markets reactions to them and there's a divergence from the market's perception to certain central banks. How do you see the inflation story playing out in 2022 with all the predicted cuts and cuts that may or may not happen, I suppose? Yeah, so this is the key issue uh, for this year in terms of the inflation outlook. Uh, so the general view is that inflation will start to fall back uh, as we move towards the end of the year. Obviously, what is clear now is that the spike higher inflation will persist for longer than previously envisaged. As we were moving through last year, the general view was that as we started this year, we should start to see inflation fall back. Obviously, as we got closer to the end of the year, it was pretty obvious that that's not going to happen. And in fact, in some economies, including the UK, you probably won't see headline inflation 
peak till you know closer to uh, maybe April May time. Uh, so we're going to see continued elevated inflation in the first half uh, of the year. But as those supply bottleneck issues uh, and shortage of raw materials get worked through and improvement comes in that, that should help to reduce some of the upward pressure on inflation. And also the fact that Connor mentioned earlier around commodity prices, we saw very sharp rises in commodity prices uh, last year. But if you look at even though oil has continued to move higher in the early weeks of this year, uh, futures contracts suggest some leveling off and stabilization in oil prices. And that's been the big driver of inflation this year has been, you know, higher energy costs uh, feeding into higher headline uh, inflation. So the big thing this year is really the inflation outlook. And against that backdrop, when we look at interest rate and central bank policy, obviously we already had the Bank of England uh, start to hike rates uh, towards the end of last year. And what markets are expecting from the Bank of England is uh, a number of, another number of hikes again this year. And similarly, the Fed is expected to start to hike rates in March. So if you look at what's actually priced in by markets at the moment, uh, you know, markets are now pricing in about 100 base points of rate tightening uh, from the Bank of England this year, uh, which should take rates up uh, closer to above 1% by the end of the year. Uh, and similarly, when you look at the Fed, what's priced in now, you know, the market's expecting uh, three to four rate hikes uh, from the Fed uh, this year. The interesting one is the ECB. The market uh, is pricing in uh, some increases from the ECB by the end of the year, maybe 10 to 15 basis points. However, the ECB has been quite clear and quite, you know, explicit in its guidance that it does not expect to, to hike interest rates this year. So I suppose, Connor, against that environment of, of generally, you know, rising interest rate outlook, and higher inflation what do you see happening from from the key asset markets in terms of that backdrop yeah so <clears throat> thanks john um so yeah i mean certainly equity markets have had a very strong last couple of years so so not just last year the, the previous years have been quite strong too so there is a bit there is a bit of nervous about nervousness about you know where equity markets might go but i i think john as you alluded to earlier on you know the economic growth picture is still quite favorable for for 2022 so i think that this should up, I think this should uh, prove to be a kind of a good backdrop for equities because ultimately, you know, uh, higher economic growth does does tend to lead to higher corporate profitability because obviously that there's there's more money in the economy people are spending. So, I think against that backdrop, you know, I think we can still be positive in terms of equities. Um, corporate earnings are projected to rise about seven percent this year in developed markets, around nine nine percent or so in the US. So, you know, I think against this backdrop of of kind of good solid uh, corporate earnings growth. I think that um, you know equity markets certainly can can deliver positive returns. I think the other positive we're seeing is that the the profit growth that's expected by companies is basically being facilitate, facilitated by higher revenue growth, and that basically is coming from the fact that consumers have a lot of built up savings still that they that they earned um, say during the, the pandemic and weren't able to spend. So I think you know we should see some of that get released into the economy. So that. Um, ultimately higher sales should, should deliver those kind of higher prof, profitability for, for companies. And the other kind of positive that we're seeing is that we're seeing better employment and better wage growth. Uh, so again, that's kind of putting sort of more money into consumers, which again should should help consumer spend, spending and ultimately ultimately corporate profitability. The other, I think the other factors, which again are, are, are positive for markets are, you're still gonna have good kind of government stimulus programs. So obviously in the US, Biden's trying to pass his uh, Build Back Better program. So Again, the kind of you know the figures are, are probably a bit grey at the moment, but you know probably one to two trillion, which you know hopefully should get passed um, this year. So again, that that'll be money going into the US economy, um, and you know I think um, 
in terms of Europe, maybe not quite so much to the same extent, but you have the 750 billion uh, recovery fund, which again is going to get, um, has started to be released and further funds are going to go into the, the EU economy uh, this year. In terms of, of, of say, other factors, and, and John, you, you alluded to it, the inflation and, and interest rates, I think on the kind of the monetary policy side in the EU, there's, you know, that should stay supportive. There's going to be probably no rate rise or very, very little, if at all. Uh, you're also going to have quantitative easing still happening in the EU. So again, that, that's kind of positive in terms of, of the markets, maybe, maybe more so on the bond market side. And, and and in the US, while obviously we've discussed about, you know, rate rises happening and, and John, as you mentioned, that you know, it'll, it maybe in, could be in the region about 1% by the end of the year in the US. Um, I think the Fed are going to do these rate rises on a kind of a gradual and phased basis. Uh, so I think they're going to try not to sort of, you know, spook markets in, in terms of maybe overreacting uh, on the interest rate side. And, you know, even if we see rates at the end of the year in the US at around 1% or so or slightly higher, you know, the, the dividend yield in US equity markets is about 1.3%. So, you know, that still probably be less than even the dividend yield uh, in terms of markets. Um, so I think as, as a kind of maybe to finish off from, from the, the kind of the, the outlook point of view, I'd say maybe, you know, if we see growth in equities and maybe that sort of high single digits, maybe five to 10 percent, you know, I think that, you know, probably could be a kind of a realistic um, assumption in terms of, of, of where of where markets might go. Just to maybe cover off quickly some of the other asset classes, you know, probably the, the outlook for bond markets may be a bit, bit more challenging in the face of, of, of rate rises. I suppose the, the one positive might be in, in, term, in terms of corporate bonds, you know, obviously where we have an exposure to in, in our portfolios. I think, you know, that market should get supported by the higher profitability of companies and probably lower default rates um, against that backdrop of, of, of higher profitability. So maybe um, the spreads uh, in terms of corporate bonds, you know, should be supported from, from that point of view. Uh, and Conor, <clears throat> you mentioned it in terms of uh, equity market performance there. Just we've seen, you know, over the last couple of months as uh, markets have adjusted to the higher interest rate outlook and the higher inflation outlook. Some, I suppose, what's called sector rotation in markets, some sectors performing better than others, which has obviously skewed the overall performance of indices. You know, as you look ahead to this year, do you expect a continuation of that sector rotation against that backdrop of higher inflation and rising interest rate outlook? Yeah, so I, I suppose the kind of the, the, the big sector play over the last couple of years has been that kind of growth versus value. And what we've seen is the kind of the growth sector. So your your your, your IT companies, uh, in, you know, in particular, is kind of the, the the one that everybody that kind of springs to mind have done particularly well. Whereas your value companies, so your banks, insurance companies, energy companies, you know, that are more sort of kind of value perceived, have done not as well. Now we did see a kind of a bit of a, a change in that towards the end of last year, and we've seen it actually continue into this year. Whereas where there has been a sort of a, a kind of um, an outflow a bit out of, the, of that kind of growth sector and, and into the value. And I think I think that could well continue because I think, you know, higher interest rates tend to be it tends to be positive for the likes of, of, of financial institutions uh, in, in terms of their sort of their their, their profit generation. Um, also, the higher interest rates, it basically kind of it affects the valuations of particularly of those IT companies where their earnings are, are more sort of future generated. Because the, the sort of the, the the internal rate of return when you calculate those earnings, they become, it becomes more expensive when those earnings aren't being generated for for future years in, in a kind of a higher interest rate environment. So, I think you, you could see that that sort of rotation to, to value and to those kind of sectors like 
as I said, energy, financials, maybe materials continue during 2022. And as we discussed earlier, I suppose we're, we share the consensus view in terms of the economics unit around, you know, inflation should spike higher towards mid-year and start to gradually ease back. Obviously, uh, it's, you know, persistent for much longer than expected. And we may not get back to the exceptionally low levels we did have previously. But a big risk around that and the big uncertainty is safe inflation does persist for longer so when we look at the interest rate outlook obviously that's likely to see you know further uh, rate increases it could force the ecb to act quicker than it's currently guiding or more aggressively in terms of what it wants to do over the next two to three years so if there was that backdrop where you know inflation may come back off its highs but stay persistently elevated and a higher interest rate outlook i suppose it does highlight the importance in terms of portfolio design and diversification of asset class in the portfolio yeah, so it's something we, we, we've always been conscious of, particularly on the diversification side. Um, and I suppose maybe just covering off the, the, the piece in terms of maybe, you know, kind of more persistent higher inflation. And, and I suppose, you know, obviously importantly, then it's kind of knock on effect on interest rates and bond yields. That, that obviously is, is a risk for equity markets. Uh, and on top of that, obviously, there's other issues like, you know, COVID, new COVID variants coming out. And obviously we have the geopolitical issues at the moment so you know obviously china taiwan and uh, russia ukraine etc so th- there is issues to markets i suppose maybe just looking at the inflation piece <clears throat> first you know obviously the issue is that inflation if, if it does stay higher or you know if it takes a bit longer to kind of come back to to maybe more kind of normalized rates so i suppose maybe just on that um you know i, I think it, it is important to note that actually a a sort of a moderate level of inflation is actually good for for companies because it, it, it kind of gives more transparency in terms of of you know maybe future price rises that can be justified by companies you know so so it's certainly not a, a bad factor for for um for equity markets and i think kind of research has shown that you know maybe sort of inflation rates of maybe up to about three percent or so uh, is still actually okay for for equity markets so i think you know so certainly if you know while the inflation rates are a good bit higher than that you know, if it is a case that they that they moderate, but maybe moderate back to not you know below the sort of target levels of, of two percent and stay they, they stay a bit higher than expected, so maybe maybe up to that maybe three percent level. I think certainly equity market can still perform relatively well in that um, in that environment. The other thing I'd say is in in terms of the effect on on bond yields, which you know we have seen and obviously we've seen maybe firmer U.S. bond yields. Again, you know, bond yields are still at a low level globally relative to historical uh, levels so you know again sort of given the dividend yields on on that that are that that are there in equity markets again you know from a kind of a risk return basis if you're comparing bonds and, and equity markets studies have kind of shown that us yields could go up to around three percent before that kind of um sort of risk return uh, comparison versus equities would kind of look unfavorable for equities you know so there's still a bit of room for for bond yields to go up a bit even from current levels and, and equities can still see, uh, can still appear um, relatively attractive. And kind of touching on John's point then, I suppose the advice then from yourselves is still holding that kind of diversified range of investments will work in this current climate or are you finessing that in any way? Yeah, so I, I think I think certainly we'd still be of the, the, the quite strong view that, um, that it's important to, to stay diversified because... I suppose we kind of view that as a way of reducing your overall risk of your portfolio while also giving the opportunity to kind of achieve a, a kind of a satisfactory positive return. I suppose, as, a, as we probably said on the call, there's a lot of moving parts in markets at the moment. So as a result of that, I think it is probably good 
you know, to hold a range of assets, you know, be it equities, bonds, absolute return funds, maybe commodities. You know, I think it's a good way to, to, to have your portfolio. And to kind of maybe conclude, I think, you know, effectively, we'd always say to investors, don't have all your eggs in one basket. And I think that if you have that level of diversification across different asset classes, then it basically can allow an investor um, achieve a better balance, kind of risk adjusted return uh, over that long term, which is, you know, what we would say investors should take. Connor and John, I very much appreciate you joining me today and sharing your informed views. Our customers can find more information on all we've talked about today in the latest quarterly investment market and review bulletin, which is now available. Uh, my thanks to our customers and listeners for joining us on the podcast today. And of course, stay close to all our latest podcasts by pressing the subscribe button to AB's Market Talk wherever you source your podcasts. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of AIB Market Talk. Allied Irish Bank's PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. First Trust Bank is a trademark of AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority. Allied Irish Bank GB and Allied Irish Bank GB Savings Direct are trademarks used under licence by AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority.